0: reading in church a proud partner with audible.com previously on reading in church
1: and other distractions uh like us on facebook follow us on twitter speaking of mike there's a question, a question a question for you uh from twitter so okay this is uh how
0: do we know this isn't a bot
1: It <laughs> <laughs> a theology
0: bot it is it's a theology it's an bot. Orthodox, R- russian it orthodox russian orthodox
1: russian <laughs> orthodox theology bot that is that is tweeting uh, okay. at us um and uh this is from adam do we have any um,
0: kind of are you a robot sort of test we
1: don't okay. we don't have an are you a robot because well, frankly if a robot asks this kind of question then i for one welcome our robot okay. overlords
0: welcome to reading in church and other distractions with rob and mike
1: Welcome back to the podcast. I am Robert Wallace. I am Michael McKeever. Yes, he is. And uh, this is, and I forgot to check, but I believe it is the sixth Sunday of yep. Easter. It is Sunday of Easter. Of year B. So these are the readings for May the 6th, 2018. Boy, I can't believe them. Readings wow. already for May. Oh. Um, well, I don't know. It's more disturbing that we're only a week ahead or this readings are for the Sunday after graduation, which tells uh, us this semester really is about over. Yep. So we have uh, four readings, the uh, continued Old Testament reading from Acts uh, 10, Acts 10, 44 to 48. Mm, leave uh, even wanting more. Psalm 98, uh, which is a very happy Psalm. Um, but as our liturgical colleague reminded us last night, it's Easter, so we have to be happy. Um, then, oh, okay. First John 5, 1 to 6, mm. and John 15, 9 to 17. I wonder if right. there'll be any overlap there. The vine. Again, so so i hope that you will like us on facebook and follow us on twitter um go to zazzle and buy some merchandise nice stuff and, um you can
0: get the badges pretty cheap i'm gonna order myself a badge badges
1: we don't need those stinking badges we, have we don't <laughs> okay. need them but we yeah. have them apparently we got them so uh anything we should talk about anything going on any semester's almost over we've only got uh this, this Am community. I on
0: sabbatical when the semester ends, or it's that's asked, the way it's I after the it? After the faculty workshop, that's the way. Right? No,
1: wait. When is you're, are you halftime all year? Yeah, yeah. Then, then yeah. it's after the workshop. Okay. Yeah, technically, I believe we fulfill our contracts okay. at the workshop.
0: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so if um, you notice, even lower energy on my part. <laughs> See, I would think it would just energize you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, probably, I stayed on
1: at sabbatical and yeah. kept my energy up. Yeah. Or just so. just one of us will be
0: podcast. <laughs> someone <laughs> half sabbatical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're only doing one of the texts, so <laughs> figure out which of those New Testament texts you're going to like. And yeah. Pick that one. Yeah. Well, great. Well, if you're ready to go, yeah, I'm ready let's do to
0: it. go. Let's do it.
1: He's... I'm sure this will come back to me as soon as you read it. Going to be brief. Going to be going to be brief. I think this week. All right. Acts chapter ten, verse forty-four. While Peter was still speaking the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. How rude! The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who've received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days.
0: All right. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of... I'm trying to think about how interesting these verses are out of context, just yeah. completely out of context. Let's get deep into this. Let's dive deep into the Greek on can anyone withhold water. Yeah. This, this is a continuation uh. of stop, stop withholding water or a continue. Wow. <laughs> I think that's the crux here. Yikes. Actually, this is a story uh, about a man named Peter, as you'll recall. I've, I've heard of him. I was like, I'm still, I'm waiting for it to
1: come yeah, back. Yeah, waiting for it to come back. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that whenever the spirit falls, uh, people speak in tongues. That happened to
0: Samaritans too. Yeah. And it happened in Acts too. Yeah. And here. It happens at, uh, it doesn't happen, let's see, when people get the spirit in Acts, I don't believe they always speak in tongues, but when they're crossing a new cultural boundary, they ah. do. Ah, I need to check that out.
1: No, that sounds right, because yeah. that would be Acts 2. That would be the Samaritans. I think
0: I heard that on a podcast recently. And, and it wasn't... <laughs> Last it, week.
1: It wasn't... I, I read that somewhere. I wrote it down, and then I read <laughs> no, it. Um, out loud. I'm the because, uh, But it doesn't happen to the beggar, and it doesn't happen... Well, it doesn't happen to the eunuch, does it? Because he, he... The spirit happens... The spirit Ooh, moves Philip.
0: That's a good question. But it doesn't... I guess I could just scroll back up. He doesn't speak right, in tongues. Right here on my... But... Uh, my lucky iPad.
1: He does uh, get, become a transporter. The transporter works, so uh, yeah, no right. tongues
0: let's there. See. And, uh, let's see. Command the chairs. Don't want to come up with the, the spirit of the Lord. Snatch Philip. Snatched. Well, okay. Yeah, we don't really hear that. We don't hear the result of the spirit in regard to the eunuch. We just hear, we just that, just hear that, that Philip got Philip got snatched got away,
1: probably by his hair. Huh. That's the way the spirit does things. That's interesting.
0: At least in the past. Yeah, that's, yeah. So,
1: but anyway, crossing cultural boundaries, boundaries, yeah, speaking it's, in it's tongues—it's definitely That's emphasized
0: as well, every time that happens, uh, you see a manifestation of the Spirit. Which reminds you of Pentecost, right? In wherein which Peter said, "The God will pour out the Spirit, Spirit on all on flesh." All flesh right. Although he evidently didn't know what he's saying, he didn't, didn't fully understand didn't the full it,
1: implications know? of
0: that, and uh, so he's, he's seeing this happen, and he's thinking to himself, um. Wow, back there in Pentecost when I said, we hold these truths to be self-evident, all men are created equal, I guess I didn't really know what I say. saying. You know? I even talked about slaves, yeah. the spirit falling on slaves, you know? but uh, evidently I need to figure that part out. So you have him announcing a very kind of a, what do you say, a programmatic text for, for all of Acts uh, in terms of how it's going to be so inclusive. Yeah, both gender and and status and in every fashion. Um, but you see a kind of a hesitance for the church to move out and do that. Yeah. And you see when when you hit these boundaries to inclusions, like they're kinda of slow. Some of them are slow. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a kind of Jerusalem centeredness or mindset or temple centeredness. It's all the same thing. Jerusalem is sure. Is there because of the temple. So but this worldview that says, you know, you're You're getting holier as you get close, and only certain people can get close to God. And and, uh, that has been uh, turned inside out with the commission to uh, be as witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And um, you see something happening in Jerusalem. You see the the crisis of the widows. And Hmm. one of the things that happens is that the Hellenized widows, the Jewish widows who are from a outside from a diaspora background, mm-hmm. but have Hellenistic cultural, you know, upbringing are getting less food yeah. than the Jewish culturally uh, raised in Israel widows. Mm-hmm. And so there's something wrong with the community. Right. And Peter says something ironic. He says, far be it for me to, to uh, stop ministering the word to wait on tables. Right. It's like, wait a minute, wait, <laughs> that, wait a minute. That there, didn't, didn't Jesus you? always talk about that? In that you know, in that in that gospel that we're a part of, attached to this, this second volume, you know, Luke. I mean, you never hear more about Jesus' ministry than at table, right? And even at the Last Supper, he says, "I'm I'm among you like one who serves." Mm-hmm. And so it's like that's a very troubling thing for Peter. For to Peter say. to say, yeah. And so they appoint seven Hellenistic Jews uh, as deacons to oversee it. And the plot departs from Peter and follows, follows them at that Stephen point. Philip, Philip is one of these yeah. folks. Okay, so we just read about Philip, and Stephen is the first martyr, and he talks about the history of Israel up to the point of the, the tabernacle. <clears throat> and then he gets to the temple, and then it all goes bad. He says, yeah. you know, is God going to dwell in a, in a house made with hands? And so it's kind of addressing that. Um, these Hellenistic Jews are carrying the plot beyond Jerusalem, and uh, Peter kind of catches up with the plot at this yeah. point, in the, being the invitation to to Cornelia's Cornelius. house with this vision he uh, God had from heaven of the sheet falling with uh, mm-hmm. things to uh, unkosher food to uh, kill and eat. So he goes and he sees this happen, and he goes, "Oh, uh, they are then now going to be included with baptism and uh, experience of the Spirit." So God, <clears throat> excuse me, God is uh, God is bringing His own Holy Presence out to people. Yeah. Um,
1: and Peter recognizes it, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. and basically says to the crowd, "Any
0: you guys think you're smarter than
1: the Holy Spirit and think this is a
0: bad yeah, idea? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So. I think you're smarter? Yeah. In the in the gospel, they said, "Do you think you're smarter than Jesus?" In this I mean, one, in they're this saying, one, "You, you think, think you're smarter you're, than the Holy Spirit?
1: Than Holy Spirit? Look what the Holy Spirit's uh, doing. Uh, you think you're smarter than that? And going to uh, keep the water from them?
0: Oh. Uh. but he gets it because he was very hesitant to even go with these right. Gentiles, and now he stayed with them several more several days. Several days. Okay. The big issue was like. I can't go into the house of a, yeah. of a of a Gentile. Well, that's going to be a problem for church, you know, if these people are now part of the community. It's
1: so funny because I know that Acts is connected to Luke, and yet, as you're talking, all I can think about is John, right? The far be it for me to wait on tables, and all I can think of is... Well, it is, is in between washing.
0: Luke and Acts, so it's yeah. <laughs> understandable. It's <And, but> <laughs> a very th-
1: canonical reading. Thanks. Well, I tend to be very canonical, uh, no matter what our students at our reception <laughs> say. Um. But and then the they invited him to stay several days. Immediately yeah, takes me to that yeah, Samaritan like the Samaritan in John four, the abiding,
0: which we'll talk about in in 1 John and in in John and, and fifteen. So immediately, I was thinking about John there. Yeah, yeah. So this is a this is a yeah. It's a it's a a, a coincidence, but it's a um, this is a cultural um, realization as opposed to a yeah something about the the pattern of discipleship in John is to uh, come to Jesus and
1: and remain. Oh, you'd have John written post Luke Acts, right? And so, yeah. So maybe John's riffing off of that a little bit, I wonder.
0: Well, maybe because he stays in Samaria several days. Right. That's, and uh, and that,
1: I mean, it's almost that same language. They yeah. invited him to stay for several days, yeah. I and mean, he, he stayed with them for
0: several days. He doesn't go to the Greeks, but the Greeks come to him. Right. Wearing yeah. togas. Yeah, wearing togas. Easy to identify. <laughs> right. Big white togas. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Because he is pairing the plot of John one through five is pretty much following that uh, Jerusalem Judea um, right. Samaria mm-hmm. and and the, the other parts and then the parks, Greeks the, and then he, there's the Roman centurion in five that's right so it's a it's a very I wonder if very he's common
1: interacting with Luke accent. that's that. a
0: good question they do share there's some unique common material they share and it shows up odd no Lazarus shows up right. as someone who's speaking you know, after death. Right. In Luke sixteen. He's also, you know, obviously prominent prominent in eleven and John. So yeah. There are some interesting and like curious overlaps between John and Luke. So that That would be an interesting that'll be good for me to pursue. since so those are my two Venn diagrams there. That's yeah.
1: that's fascinating.
0: Hmm.
1: All right. Well I asked a thoughtful question. So Yeah it's I'm,
0: a, gonna, so it, <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet now. I think it's very interesting <laughs> how uh The even in Acts, even after like, wow, these guys really have been transformed. Mm -hmm. They still don't get it. They still aren't quite there. And Luke, Luke even actually departs from the hero for a while. Go, oh yeah, this guy's a little bit slow, you know. And so I I think I probably mentioned that we call this conversion of Cornelius, but it's actually uh, um, conversion of Peter in a sense. In a deeper sense of, oh, that, oh, that's what I meant. I, I Yeah, right. That's I said, I said meant. all flesh. Turns yeah. out I meant all flesh. All,
1: all. I had no idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't have any idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or not enough, like astounding. That's, you know what? That, that's, that's okay. That's nice. That
1: sense of growth is yeah. in some ways encouraging. Yeah. Right. But,
0: mm-hmm. Some people, you know, they read Paul's letters and they talk about growth and, and, uh, I remember as a new Christian, I was reticent to think about that yeah. because I, it's hard to get the chronology exactly the same. But here, you can tell the plot is making that case, right? You know, here's one, yeah, narrative, a coherent narrative that's yeah. coherent, yeah. and it's like, oh, it mm, is showing that. Yeah. That is interesting.
1: Cool. you know. You ready to do a psalm? Yeah. All that's right.
0: what I'm gonna that's what Bueno means. Bueno means it's you're ready to Spanish, do right? it is it <laughs>
1: sounded Spanish, but I wasn't.
0: I'll still see it when I pick up the phone.
1: <laughs> We've started answering the phone. Hi, which really drives my mother crazy.
0: <laughs> it's just like well, you have to stop doing that.
1: Hi. Do you
0: guys have caller ID or you just we don't, do. don't and, care? Okay. Well,
1: and we don't care. Okay. So but if I know you and you're I will often right. answer the phone that way. All right.
0: Psalm so ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. If that's how your church does it. If, if, if you know. Oh. Unto yourself. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. That's L-Y-R-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah. <laughs> That's... We're an open fellowship. <laughs> I'm not making judgments. <laughs> with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the king, the Lord. <laughs> Let yes. the sea roar. Yahuwah, yes. And all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy. At the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Okay. All right.
1: Appreciate the uh, clarification of Yahweh there. That was nice. That's the nuance. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Happy Psalm. Yeah. Uh, This one, Mm -hmm. very similar to 96, um, breaks down into three really nice stanzas. Um, you know how they always have those, uh, and you read a commentary, and you'll say, "Well, this psalm is several stanzas. The second one's not quite the form you'd want, so many texts are amended to make it uh, fit. Yeah, and, make you know, fit." and they, you know, this doesn't, this particular stroke doesn't have enough syllables. <laughs> many so jigsaw
0: we... puzzles are incorrectly cut, <laughs> right, exactly, and you have to file things down to finish them. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> um, this is one nobody messes with. It okay. is perfectly oh. put. To, it's right into type. It is. Okay. It's just exactly your standard song here. I mean, it follows everything. You've All got right. your, you know bridge coming after your chorus second time through. And I
0: mean, it's just every, everything you need. Uh, it's a little with, on the point. David, yeah. you want to go with this? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's really...
1: It's yeah. a little conventional. Yeah. It's a little conventional. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's a, it is an untitled psalm, so not a Davidic psalm. It's okay. part of book four. Book four has uh, mostly untitled psalms. Most of them are um, anonymous. Um, I, I uh, read book four psalms in the context of Return from Exile and uh trying Mm -hmm. to find some meaning so it is um very much emphasizing this is one of the yahweh malach psalms the Mm -hmm. yahweh rules yahweh has become king psalms um and you found that in there in verse six right the king yahweh Mm -hmm. um it 93 um and then 96 to 99 all have those phrases but i would argue that 94 and 95 also have uh uh, excuse me, 93, 95 to 99, all have Yahweh as King, but 94 also has him as judge, which is a rule, uh, is a responsibility of King as you saw mm-hmm. in this passage. Mm-hmm. So I think that all of these Psalms from 93 to a hundred are thinking and celebrating Yahweh as King. Okay, I mean, that's, that is important. Mm. Um, this one has before the King Yahweh in verse six, uh, the others have Yahweh reigns or Yahweh rules, um, uh, Sigmund Movinkel translated it, Yahweh has become king. I think I've shared this before and a lot of people criticized him for that because they thought, well, when is Yahweh not king? Why are you, you know, that, that seems an mm, odd way to phrase okay. it. And his response was always, well, Christ the Lord is risen today, hallelujah. Um, so it's a liturgical statement mm. from him. It's oh, not, okay. A, okay. not a chronological statement to call Yahweh
0: king. Mo Winkle bringing it. Mo Winkle, yes. Mo Winkle. Yes. Nor- he gets testy about that. I no, no good Norwegian. <laughs>
1: Actually, um, in the other, lean into our other distractions portion of our podcast, um, when I was the international programs director at my previous institution, uh, I was uh, in Washington, D.C. for a conference, and we had the opportunity to have dinner at embassies. And so oh? I had dinner with the Norwegian ambassador. Embassy sweets? Uh, no. No. Actually, the Norwegian- I know they have a free breakfast. <laughs> no, this one uh, had all sorts of things I'd never eaten before. It was meatballs. Uh, no. No, that was the sweets. And they did something with fish. It <laughs> was a lot of fish. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, I was at the, at the Norwegian embassy and had met the Norwegian ambassador and, uh, his wife was an ordained Lutheran minister. Well, when he found out that my wife was also an ordained minister, oh. then, then the oh. ambassador felt this connection to me and led me over to a place in the embassy where his wife kept, um, a, uh, Norwegian Bible that had been owned by Sigmund Movinkel, oh, cool. which of course, then I got to say as a Psalm scholar, wow, I mean, I got to talk about <laughs> him and his contributions to my discipline. So it was this really wonderful bonding moment over Sigmund Movinkel. Had
0: he written in the margins He, had, he,
1: had, I, he had. It was at the beginning. Dogger. I think he'd written his name at the beginning. Okay. And so I didn't get to hold it or anything. It was under glass. Oh, but, that's cool. But it was kind of a cool thing to oh. see this. Here's huh. this guy who is uh, so formative in in my discipline, but then to see his Bible and to run into it in the Norwegian Ambassadors. Yeah. I mean, I just that was a weird moment, but,
0: but it was the, a great thing. The, but, the coolest guy I met in, in Israel was a... A Norwegian diplomat. I think I told you about. It. He was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And I think his son goes to school where my son goes. To oh school. wow. Okay. Uh, which is Swedish, but okay. Well, you'll love this, you'll <laughs> that. You'll love this
1: one. I met a uh, I'm at the same conference. I when I said I was going to the Norwegian embassy, this other person who's at the conference with me said, "Oh, she said Norwegian Norwegians are great." She said, "I believe that God sprinkled yeah. the best people <laughs> on the me. top of the world and let them dribble around the sides." <laughs> and I said, "Laura, you're from South Africa." She said.
0: I know, <laughs> I know, so, I know, full no, I know so, exactly what I said. Wonderful <laughs> moment! I laughed so hard about that. But anyway, Winkle
1: was a, a you know brilliant psalm scholar and fun- focused on worship, and so it was very liturgical. This notion of God becoming king for him that that this was a, a re-acknowledgement for Israel to remember him as king, and I think that this psalm is fitting into that. I mean, some people connect the the Lord has made his victory known inside of the nations as very similar language to Exodus, and it. That certainly was my point in my dissertation. Um, that that was connected. There's there's a lot of Moses Exodus language. That
0: was actually my status update on Facebook yesterday. I have revealed my vindication on the side of the nation. Have it's you now? That's funny, a, that's, what, what a coincidence it a that day. is.
1: Yeah, oh. <laughs> clearly. Sorry, go ahead. Um, you won Candy Crush again. Uh, but the um, the the ninety to one hundred has a lot of Exodus and um, a lot of Moses language, and so. That probably would be in keeping to read it, but that. But I, actually, Brueggemann says it's better that God doesn't talk exactly about what His victory is here because it allows anyone to relate to it. It's, okay. it's Paul's mm-hmm. thorn in the flesh, you know. If He'd right. given it to us, it'd be yeah. harder to mm. abstract. But uh, you start the the chorus. The music starts. Bring up the symphony in verse five. Um, mm-hmm. The lyre, the melody, the trumpets, okay. the horn, mm-hmm. uh, and then once you get the instruments going, uh, let creation fill in. Uh, right, the sea, the world, yes. the floods, I the see. hills. So this build this building crescendo of praise throughout this psalm, um, with it kind of moves in many ways toward one fifty, that sense of praise God with everything that you have, clanging cymbals, black clashing cymbals, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. trumpet, lyre drums, whatever you you all of that is dedicated in the praise of God. And so here you get that progression of hit the instruments, you know, first let's sing and then Sing your praises, mm-hmm. then hit the lyre, then bring in the okay. melody, then the trumpets, yeah. then the horn, then okay. the sea, then the mountains, and the hill. I mean, yeah. so
0: it's the or, the orchestra gets big.
1: Yeah. at this point, I'm gesturing largely at yes, this point. Yes, he is. You His can't see me gesturing
0: way out there. Or you know. I'm doing my last lecture in New Testament tomorrow, and it's on Revelation five. And it, oh, the, yeah. the four creatures are are representative of all creation who who are who are praising, you know, mm-hmm. praising uh, the one on the throne. Uh, yeah, love it. I'll remember. I'll be thinking about this when I do that. Yeah, as building in that. So. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I can. I mean, obviously, I can talk about a book for Psalm for a long time if I need to, uh, I, and I think I will. Uh, I'll say a couple more. <laughs> Let me say a couple okay. more things. Um,
0: that. Yeah, because I got nothing on these this. This is <laughs> it's, yeah, it's John stretch.
1: Um, in in the context of the post-exile, Israel was dealing with you know loss of king and loss of. Uh, land loss of the Davidic covenant, which now seems to have failed, and mm-hmm. and there was really a, a search for identity. And yeah. and so, so, book four, which starts in Psalm ninety, I mean Psalm eighty nine ends with this question of God: How could you have broken your word to David? Ninety to hundred is really trying to answer that question. I think in with with a lot of mosaic and that that sense of Moses is is emphasized, and God's um, kingship is emphasized. And I think it's to to refocus Israel in the Psalms to. God is king, not David, and Sinaitic covenant, not Davidic covenant, is what you need to think about. Torah. Uh, Think about Torah. Think about Mm -hmm. Yahweh being king instead of thinking focusing so much on David and a promise there. So so it really, this is in keeping with that, this reminder of all the ways in which God has been vindicated and God has the victory and God is the king and God is meriting praise and... So that's makes sense. That's what's going on there. That's obviously my dissertation has focused on the canonical shape of the psalms and that the story that that tells is heavy on Davidic kingship in the beginning, this transitional moment and then a movement to God's kingship in the end. So
0: do you ever use the phrase narrative substructure?
1: I used a uh narrat- I I did invent a word in my dissertation. Oh, I said that there was a uh, a narrative impulse that was metapoetic. Ooh, ooh,
0: metapoetic, I've heard that. I know, because I invented it. Okay, (laughs) which, oh, I I thought narrative impulse. No, narrative
1: impulse was the phrase that I borrowed from Robert Helter. But that that it was metapoetic, because it was above the poetry, that there was a narrative impulse, of course, the Psalms. So when you you know you write that would be meetings. a narrative superstructure. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> you yes. that up. This is the masters in
0: linguistics. <laughs> yes. well, uh, who, who is it writes about? Uh, oh, who is it writes about the nar- the narrative substructure of Paul's letters? Narrative uh, substructure. Why don't we just deal with the genre that we can see? <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll make it the genre we want it to be, <laughs> and then evaluate it for its failures. You know, people see regard. your imaginary genre. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: I'm sure this podcast gets all sorts of hits for when we make fun of academics in our own (laughs) disciplines.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right? Uh, Just doing that before I got here. (laughs) If loving Q is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) And apparently, I'm not. You're not, (laughs) based on the manuscript evidence. Oh my! That was another thing I do Oh no, we just talked to a friend about being roasted by our students last yes, night.
1: Yes, we had a banquet last night, and typically we do the roasting, but last <laughs> night one of our students had anticipated the award he was receiving and had prepared remarks to roast his professor. The
0: student becomes the master. It was well done. It's yeah, time to he. I'll
1: leave the monastery. Yeah, he sent him on now. That's time for him to go.
0: <laughs> it was a, it's a proud moment for all of us. It was.
1: Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today. You ready for First John? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best. Okay. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. Okay. Uh, By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God?
0: Also my Facebook status, but okay.
1: (laughs) This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, Mm -hmm. but with the water and the blood. Right. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth.
0: Are you going to keep reading into seven? Uh, <laughs> it's it complicated. It's a little There's complicated about, here. Is that in your, you know, see if it's in your, yeah, we're, like, we're both looking at a, uh, a webpage which has the lectionary. There are three
1: that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. These three agree. That's the next verse.
0: Uh, it doesn't keep going.
1: If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater for this is the testimony of God that he testified to the
0: King James. It has another one like there, and there are three in heaven.
1: Oh, that's right. That's, that's the King. Yeah. The extra manuscript. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, there are three that testify in heaven, the father, the word, and the Holy spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that testify on earth. And then it picks up with spirit, water, and blood. Yeah. So that was a later those, and those aren't yeah a, a later edition by very stripes.
0: very much later okay. like thirteenth century wow that <laughs> so, is a late edition yeah I think probably uh, did Erasmus make the copy <laughs> <I> Erasmus <laughs> you know the story about this it's no, called the, the it. Johannine comma no one is going to want to know this so you can fast forward ahead <laughs> at this point <laughs> you thought we were obscure before the Johannine comma uh, is is how they refer to that. Uh, the, thing extra, about the, the extra parts in verse 7 the heavenly witness the three, the three witnesses in heaven okay it doesn't show up till 13th and 15th and then 16th century texts and Erasmus Erasmus some people it's in the vulgate right and, wait it's in the uh, vulgate
1: yeah that's a 4th century text
0: yeah well that that's the weird thing about it but it's it, not but it's, in it's probably in late copies of the vulgate it probably included a marginal interpretation uh, a Trinita- uh. of a trinitarian debate Copied it into the margin of a text, and it got into the Vulgate. Oh, and then people I think, just kept I think going. this is a story. It's, if it's not the Vulgate, it's another uh, Latin text. Um, and then people were chiding Erasmus. So, so wait
1: a minute, you're saying what you're saying is that, that that originally the text was sort of as we as we read it. There
0: is no Greek manuscript that has it until the 13th or okay. 15th century. And
1: that what happened was someone maybe earlier wrote. Uh, in the margin next mm-hmm. to this verse yeah. to clarify some debate people yeah. were having, mm-hmm. and then someone copied yeah. that marginal note as though it was scripture into a Latin text. Into a Latin
0: text. They did not copy it into any Greek text for for uh, millennia. Wow. <laughs> you know? So, so people, but but that was popular text, right? The, the uh, so they're saying, the why don't you put that. that in there, Erasmus? And he's the, the legend is, and so and, and someone who studies Erasmus says this isn't true that he, he, they made a wager, he says, if you can bring me a text that has that in it, a Greek text, yeah. I will put it in. And it wasn't in his first two editions, and someone brought him a text before his third edition, and it was there, and, he's, and you know, he had made the bet. Oh, you know, oh well, is, yeah, yeah, sure. It sounds like it's... Really, he didn't say no takebacks. Yeah, yeah some, so. some, some aspects of this story were, were changed Somewhat TV. problematic. Yeah, dramatized, yeah. Erasmus actually represents three characters. <laughs> so... So they say he put it in, but then he began to question us, like that was that 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 seems, seems kinda sketchy. hinky and then he had didn't have it in his subsequent um wow. edition. So yeah. So there's something there. Really dug deep on something that's not in our text or even in your Bible, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably the, the King James only folks are aren't listening. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. This. They probably
1: haven't been listening to us in a while, so yeah. Uh, wow! Well, well, yeah. well, I found yeah. that interesting. Yeah. Like if you didn't,
0: no, so, yeah, there you go. No, yeah. so, so that yeah. was nice. See, I'd always heard of the wager. I never heard of it. like, well, what's the wager? What I, had the to, I had to figure out what the wa- gotcha. wager was. It's like gotcha. it was related to. It. it wasn't like on something else. You know, Erasmus. You like to play the ponies. <laughs> <laughs> Papa's mustache lost the third, so I go ahead and put that in there. <laughs> I put that, com- you put that, clause that crazy in there. comma in there.
1: That's funny. Okay, no, I'd never. I yeah. didn't know that story. I mean, uh, I. I just assume that was kind of like the John 5 4 and the John yeah. and the Mark 16, that it was just something somebody it's added one, later. But that's one of
0: the most questionable. That additions. is like the latest I've ever, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's say a few other authorities read with yeah. variations. So they can't even get agreed on that. And,
0: and, and even more recent texts just say two guys and a bird. But that's. <laughs> I might have just been like, something I penciled in somewhere. So. Wow. Okay. If memory serves.
1: So in regard to the part that we were actually supposed <laughs> to read. actually should be talking Yeah, me. that stuff. How do you well, do Well, let me here? tell you
0: something about John. Please. Let me tell you a little insight. It's all about love. Okay. okay. All, all right. Love. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And life. And abiding. Okay. And abiding. <laughs> okay. All right. And, I, I, you know, the consistent theme you can see, this will spill over into, into 15, It is that... Um, we're invited into participating in the life of God, mm-hmm. and the character of that life is manifest in in acts of love. Mm-hmm. That's the character of that life that you experience through God. And so that's always an issue. It's a It's a point of moral exhortation for how Christians should live. It's also a point of debate for these people who have departed from mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. and are now going to Willow <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> yes. You made me laugh right in the mic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that, ladies and gentlemen. There was just a, when we thought we had those mic a loud problems. Moment fixed. there, jeez. <laughs> no, not Willow. Uh, I, I don't know why he said that. <laughs> uh,
1: can I ask a question yeah. uh, following the one I'm currently asking? Um, is does it seem that the people who broke away denied that Jesus was Christ because? It's everyone who believes Jesus Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the child. Saying that if you really love God, you will love Jesus. And then down here at the bottom in six, he says in six, yeah, yeah that the Jesus, water and the blood, right? And
0: yeah, they. Um, it seems like we're denying. They Jesus sing. In they some sing way. songs about the water, but not about the blood. It's not one of those churches. <laughs> it's not one of those churches. About the blood. You no, know, no, you're not no, helping. Is, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's called. <laughs> Called Warming Up to Being Helpful. Okay. All right. <laughs> Prelude to Helpfulness. That's another rejected title. That's another rejected podcast title. Prelude to Before Helpfulness. Before you start reading other real oh. scholars. Uh, however, well, it
1: might be a decent title for this particular episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. so,
0: The Water and the Blood. A lot, there's a lot of debate about this, uh, depending on which commentary you read. I read a commentary this morning, gave me five views and didn't give you their view. <laughs> I was like, that's so unhelpful. <laughs> Usually this commentary is very helpful. But um water and blood. Um, you you can think about either Jesus coming at water, he's talking about baptism, no, baptism and the declaration of his sonship at baptism. Okay. Okay. And blood would be his death. Those right. are two obviously very crucial parts of uh, the witness of the gospels. Um, a, a docetic or a protognostic uh, sort of understanding might be that yeah he he came into the world and and was acknowledged as the Christ but he didn't suffer death that would that would, that that's not something we can accept that part okay. you know. so there's that some people say no you could talk about birth you could talk about entering into creation through birth water mm-hmm. and associate with birth um, and uh, water and blood some people say there is this understanding of uh gods or demigods who appear on earth. They're not really human. Okay. In fact they don't have blood. They have this watery like substance. So there's all kinds wow. of things to speculate. Most people focus on Jesus baptism and cross. Okay. And John is saying to those heretics okay. they don't believe in the in the the death of Jesus. Um which is pretty Pretty vital, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. For the gospels, this you've point. read the gospels. I know we're not that far in John, but it's <laughs> pretty little. important. Well, yeah. we're all,
1: this is the Easter season, so yeah, we should yeah. be aware of the cross.
0: And of course, in in Johannine writing, the 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 witness of the Spirit um, as one who um, you don't need someone else to teach you this. You have the anointing of the Spirit. As two places, I think, where he talks about these themes, in two and in four, he talks about you have the witness of the Spirit that's telling you the things that I'm saying mm-hmm. in here. And uh, you don't need these uh, the authority that these maybe these, these heretics are claiming to have. So we have all these witnesses that bear witness to the truth and the reality of our experience and to the things we know to be orthodox about Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, and they are denying those. So they deny it in their confession, they deny it in their actions toward mm-hmm. others. So, yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, and then you get a, a little... Since you have like a Trinitarian, if you have three, it kind of is a place where people in the midst of Trinitarian debates gravitate toward to maybe make a case or reflect a case. And that got into the Latin text early and, gotcha. but not into the Greek text. So, yeah. Okay. On on this, see the first five minutes of digression on, okay. on this text. <laughs> if you're really interested. Yeah. 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 But it is about, uh, it just certainly does cycle through those themes of uh, experience the life of God, mm-hmm. and this is what we'll talk about in 15 also, um, that life is characteristic of God. We experience life in God, okay. and and that we live that out. We show that we are, are living that life and abiding by how we live, with God's character, and that character's love. Um, the language of conquering sounds odd, I mean, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was pointing out the... Uh, the conquering uh, the the victory in the psalm, in the psalm it reminded yeah. me of this, but this is probably uh, shifting into uh, more overtly a kind of a an eschatological or realized eschatology that in okay. John everything's now so it's 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 kind of apocalyptic language conquering mm. uh, in fact that's the key word in revelation for that Jesus gives to each of the churches, if you overcome or conquer, Conquering. like I overcame and conquered and sat on my Father's throne, then you have this experience of eternal life. So that's a, that's kind of characteristic of apocalyptic writing. And um, you do have this sense of realized eschatology, that we experience life and love and and and, and everything now, and judgment if we reject the, the light. Um, but here you get into um, kind of overt sort of... Themes from apocalyptic that is overcoming and conquering uh, in some sort of conflict. Which tend
1: typically have our later eschatology as opposed to, I mean, apocalyptic is not a, ever realized eschatology. Yeah. Is it? And so, yeah. so we're combining notions of a realized eschatology that, that's about here as opposed to hereafter, but we're using language of apocalyptic, which is usually about hereafter. I mean, it's about after, it's about later.
0: It, well, Jewish, Jewish apocalyptic is not. As far as I know, not realized eschatology. No, that's what I'm the, saying. The Christian appropriation of of apocalyptic is often realized. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read John five tomorrow, and it's gonna Revelation conclu- five. Oh yeah, yeah. Revelation five. That could have been bad. tomorrow. <laughs> Would have made no sense in the, the semester. <laughs> Why are we here? I don't know. <laughs> Why are we talking about the gen- the centurion? <laughs> it's thought it be a good ending.
1: It felt like a well, snug it's ending. It's real cliffing. Might be wrong, but. Yeah,
0: sometimes you are. Yeah, we're going to read uh, Revelation, Revelation five, five, which concludes with um, all creation and all of humanity mm-hmm. and all everything praising God and the one on the throne, mm-hmm. which is, I think, where we're headed. But it's it's uh, you see that in John five before you get into anything else. Revelation five. Uh, Revelation five. <laughs> John on <laughs> my head.
1: So Revelation.
0: So I ask my students, when is John five? When is John? 5? When is John five? Yeah. And And they go, what? That's a weird question. I go, it might be the wrong question. Or it's meant to bring presuppositions to the surface, like we're reading this chronologically. This happened, then this happened, this Mm -hmm. is like, well, it seems like we've reached the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. And maybe we're going to reach the end again. And then we're going to reach the end. We're going to take a little, you know, kind of unpack it or tell it. Some people talk about it as a telescopic kind of expanding the understanding. So for
1: you, even apocalyptic which i normally talk of as later eschatology in revelation is realized eschatology in some ways in that it's happening
0: yeah there is a there is a realized dimension to the eschatology in in, in revelation in revelation there yeah. is huh yeah okay so it's not as though the, the the messiah the christ jesus is going to come back and achieve a victory mm-hmm. that's already happened on the cross the victory cross. has happened yeah yeah, yeah. the what's oh, yeah. going to establish God's kingdom in this world is when followers of the lamb follow in his footsteps, footsteps of that victory. That's the distinctive thing about the Christian apocalypse. There's a lot of, uh, apocalyptic is it's not as much, it's not as, this is a somewhat of an artificial, um, contrast, but artificial, but I artificially compare it to prophetic, which is more about what's going on in the community. What are right. the, what's God's perspective on the community? How does the community need to respond? Apocalyptic, um, is more, here's what's messed up about the world, mm-hmm. and here's what God's going to do about the world. Hang on. Mm-hmm. okay. Christian appropriation is, yeah, uh, here's what's wrong with the community, starts with seven churches, and then... Welcome to our study of the <laughs> book of Revelation, by the way. <laughs> Getting a little bit ahead of myself. God's word to the seven churches, but then um, a very traditional-sounding apocalyptic vision, the main vision begins at four... To the end, um, it is a um, what's disclosed over time is that mm-hmm. oh, it's Jesus has achieved this victory. It's actually his followers who are going to implement that. Okay, okay by by following, by leaning into that victory. into the footsteps, <laughs> anyway, living that out mm-hmm. that victory that's already been realized. Because there's there you know, and it talks about them as martyrs. Talks about Christians mm-hmm. as martyrs, and there's been martyrs before, sure, but it's something about participating in the victory that Jesus has already achieved mm. Mm. in a non-violent way, wow. in a very violent genre. <laughs> yeah,
1: so you're taking an incredibly violent genre to yeah. accomplish the same yeah. non-violent yeah. message. It can be a
0: very violent, militaristic, nationalistic genre that is then taken and becomes uh, non-violent. Uh, uh, that's a, they don't win this victory with the implements of war. They, right. they win the victory by following the footsteps of the lamb, i.e., becoming martyrs, not mm-hmm. not uh, and not exercising violence on others, and uh, and it's not nationalistic. It's everyone is mm-hmm. you know encompassed in God's victory and, every tribe uh, and every... yeah. So there's a um, the transformation of, of that genre is there's a there's this realized element to it. Okay, I think. yeah,
1: that, that's I've never thought of that having that realized element yeah, to it before. Yeah.
0: And that's all that's kind of permeates Johannine writing. So that's one of the areas where although you question whether the revelation is written by John the apostle or just John the elder someone they knew from the from the neighborhood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, only about a fourth of the guys were named John, yeah, so it's, it's hard true. To it's a it very
0: down. common name. Yeah, like a uh, Mary in Mexico or something. Right. But, or Mary
1: um, in ancient Palestine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. It works the same yeah. way. Or Jude, not not the you know? uh, Yeah, right. So yeah, of every twelve people, you're going to get two Jude's. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, it has this element that we've we've we're experiencing life now. We're experiencing mm-hmm. life. Which is which generates resurrection? You know, it's, it's kind of skipping resurrection, but it's talking about resurrection, mm-hmm. life, eternal life. It's a, we entering into that experience of God's life, which raises people from the dead, and that's now. And there will be this future manifestation of it, but there is this uh, profound realization now. So, but but that becomes much more overt here that we really are dealing with uh, mm-hmm. eschatological and that uh,
1: notion of conquering the world, yeah, the yeah.
0: conquering element.
1: Well, that and and it was probably obvious to some that that Psalm ninety eight we read was often seen as very eschatological as well. Yeah, you know all the nations mm-hmm. coming
0: and yeah. singing. Yeah, God is king. Yeah, really? Where? Yeah, Where? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Help me out here.
1: Yeah, already happened, mm-hmm. and it will. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah,
0: yeah. When when is when is Psalm ninety eight? Yeah, right. You know, that's a good question. Yeah.
1: Ready for, ready for John 15?
0: Did I say John 98? I meant I, Psalm
1: 98. I, Revelation 15, 9 through 7. No, John 15, 9 okay. through 17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Uh, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer. Has he been calling them that before now? (laughs) Uh, Because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So, so, like three different colored Legos you <laughs> <laughs> clip together in different combinations yes. of abiding and loving, Even the commandments. Yeah. Yeah, this almost reads like this. Really, almost reads like First John. It right? does. This is so common it is. territory that we've been going through uh, this Easter season.
1: The Venn diagram is there's a lot of overlap between these two passages mm-hmm. and between these yeah. two books.
0: Yeah, and the, and the key here is he's talking about the Spirit and the the Christian life. The key, the key here is abiding. Uh, mm-hmm. God and the um, the Father and the Son abide in us through the Spirit, and and we relate to Jesus in this this dwelling or this this mutual communion that we have that that's explored in terms of the father and the son's relationship, we're invited into that. So there's a change of status here that is foreshadowed in the cross. And what mm-hmm. he does was, and he just washed their feet, which right. kind of sounds like a servant kind of thing. Right. And it's not just that like, here's the master and the servant um, that's been flipped upside down. And you almost get a little bit of that with Peter's reaction. You'll never wash my feet. You gotta watch all of it. You right. know, it's like it's right. like it's not reversible. What where Jesus goes with that is friendship. Okay. So it's not a it's not just a reversed servanthood. Uh so it's it, not we haven't
1: just switched the hierarchy yeah, here. It's we've yeah. leveled everything.
0: It's that's a way to say we're not gonna think in those terms anymore. Yeah. And so the the death of Jesus brings about a new um a new reality, a new experience of well, how this is what you we talk about happening
1: to. in Luke, right? That it's down is up and up is down, mm-hmm. and that's the scaffolding we're building the right. argument on. Right. And then at the end, yeah. Zacchaeus undermines that, mm-hmm. and we're dealing with a whole new world here.
0: Yeah. Have I done that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, that- I was pushing a few seminary students on that this week, and they they really pushed back with the Greek. Oh, yeah? I like I it's like, I, I don't know that you're on very strong ground with the Greek, because the, the question is, is Zacchaeus... Was he already a good guy? Yeah. Is he one of these surprising people we don't know their backstory that he was already a good guy? Right. I give half my possessions present tense. Yeah. Typically habitual characteristic action. So mm-hmm.
1: anyway. Um and they were unconvinced by that argument?
0: Uh I didn't I didn't give them what I thought, you know, I didn't go deeper in the Greek. I said I think this is intentionally ambiguous, although the preponderance of evidence linguistically is that he was already a good guy. Although it's not enough for most translations. Yeah. That he's that this he's saying. Hey, I give half of my, what I, you know, my goods to the poor. And if I discover that the fraud is happening because I'm a ruler over other tax collectors, I pay back fourfold. So, uh, and you read them in, in comparison to the rich ruler who says, "I've kept the commandments since I was young." Yeah. You know, so they're both standing in front of a crowd defending themselves and mm-hmm. saying, "Here's how I live." But they say this This is my lifestyle, and you say I can't get into heaven. And then they say, "This the guy's a sinner." Jesus is going to go to his house. So you know. Yeah. Anyway. I got back with him because Joel Green wrote another article on this that has to do with uh uh the the neuro something neuro something of the brain. So <laughs> he's written about this before and now he's gotten even further. Oh wow. Yeah. It's about it's about how we fill in gaps in narratives. Yeah. And and uh which is which is what Luke is inviting us to do because that's how we also stereotype people and put them in holes. Right, we like, gaps depends in... on what we bring to the text. Right. So that was a bit much for my students uh, <laughs> this week. I said, well, read this.
1: Tell me what you well, think. Well, I mean, that's the whole the whole purpose of CPE is to reveal for yourself what you're bringing to a visit. I mean, like Cindy okay. so goes through clinical pastoral education, become a chaplain, and the goal of CPE is for you to be aware of your issues. I mean, whenever you would do a visit while you're doing this, you go and you have to report on these verbatims. Oh, and so the, the, the verbatims are, what did they say? What did you say? What did they say? What did you say? What did they say? What did they say? So what did you say? So then you get back to your group. And I you, said,
0: no, they said, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so you get back to the group and you basically perform this, oh. this conversation for them. And then the group starts pointing out, how come you kept bringing up your dad? That, I mean, they didn't oh. bring up your dad. Why are you bringing up your dad? They didn't bring up their dad. Why did you go there? What wow. was it about that? And so you begin to be aware of those biases huh. that you have to remove them so that you can truly be present with the person you're visiting with oh, um, that, because if you're bringing your crap, then you're not present with that person, oh, okay. right? If you're dealing with yeah. your, you know, your dad was, you know, my dad did, did so-and-so really my dad was like that too. <laughs> I understand completely. No, wait, now you're not listening to them anymore. Now it's about you. Okay. And so, yes. so it's getting away, you know, getting through the stuff, being aware okay. And what are these triggers for you? You okay. know what? What is it? And when you and recognizing those feelings, you know recognizing those triggers, so that you can go, okay, this is this is about me. I need to oh, be aware of that mm-hmm. and move here. And so, getting rid of trying to as much as you can, at least be aware of those okay. those biases, those yeah. gaps you're filling right. in. Right. right. So that's what CPE pres- is. CPE is clinical pastoral okay. education. Yeah. I
0: just know it, but it's but it's more common name. Scientology. Yeah.
1: <laughs> i hope she's listening to this podcast so yeah i always i always joked with since two weeks in a row it's all tom that way to Cindy this week um i always joked with her that i didn't really quite understand an educational philosophy that was let's throw people in the pool and see if they know how to swim and then criticize their stroke when they yeah. get back to yeah. the side yeah and uh i mean the, the greatest line ever was a guy a friend of mine in in uh, georgia he was uh going through cpe and and he said, the first day, he always tells this great story. He says, the first day, we, they show us where to park, and this is where the cafeteria is, and that's the door we have to go through, and here's where emergency room is. And he goes, and then they hand out the list of patients we're supposed to visit tomorrow. And and <laughs> wow. Doc, Doc said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. He said, I, I, if they want to talk about where to park and where the cafeteria <laughs> yeah. is, I'm fine, yeah. But uh-huh. but I need more. You didn't give me. He goes, I'm not good at this. And yeah. the supervisor said, Doc. She's having surgery at 8.30 in the morning. She don't have time for you to get good at this. (laughs) And so it is that kind of... And then you would go back after you have that conversation. You go back to the group and you would talk through... What you said and what they said, and then they would say, "My God, you keep bringing up your parents. It really wasn't about your parents." Or, "My oh. goodness, your sister. Why do you keep talking about your sister? You got some issues there." And this person must have reminded you of an old teacher that you hated, or whatever it is. And then you, then you can. Why truly... do you always
0: say everything happens for a reason? Right, right. <laughs> in exactly, the hospital,
1: exactly. So sometimes the reason is you're an idiot. No, um, <laughs> it's a, but it is a, a way to truly be present with people huh. because we do bring those, like you're talking about filling in mm-hmm. those gaps with people based on oh. our experience and our oh, repertoire
0: yeah. that we have. L. Ron Hubbard was a wise. <laughs> a wise <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, you're only thinking that because I made the L. Ron Hubbard joke last night. That's that's the reason he's in your head. <laughs> he uh, is. I can't remember what the joke was. But I can't either. He but is in my head.
1: Dianetics. He's anyway. always in your head. <laughs> anyway, filling in the gaps. Wow. Um, what I asked was <laughs> Jesus doing this. Is moving to friendship was I,
0: I? I'm trying to find on the horizon where the text is. <laughs> Running, sprinting back to the text. <laughs> the,
1: when you said he moved to friendship away, yes, so he's not friendship. inverting right. the right. master servant. Right. He has now leveled things. That was like the
0: spirit interrupting Peter. It's like I can't even remember what happened. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, friendship is. I brought up Zacchaeus an I- ideal of yes, an ideal that. of egalitarian relationship. That's the audacity of John. Okay it's like, you're you're gonna treat us like you I mean because God's gonna treat us like He treats Jesus. He's inviting us into that mutual relationship. It's mm-hmm. like that's like oh what that's a that's little scary. Radical. I've never really heard that. I'm not sure what I think about that. That's, yeah, but that's what you I mean. If you study what friendship means in that in that world, it's a it's an ideal. I mean, it it, it almost receives more terms of uh, idealistic. Um, exposition than love does mm-hmm. about in terms of having everything in common mm-hmm. being equal and he's going to say you know laying down basically it's a way to talk about this uh, mutual e- egalitarian love not that we're god but we're we're gifted with that relationship yeah, we're called to be that. that's like i never hear anyone talk about that yeah except except the uh except the uh the nun who taught at the Jesuit school where I had my doctoral seminar on. Oh, John. yeah. Why were we talking about her. Yes. She is probably the most uh, impactful teacher I ever had. And it's because she's, she's serious, serious, uh, Christian. And, uh, she had a PhD in spirituality and a PhD in biblical, in New Testament. Wow. And um, I heard her talking once about like, you know, someone was talking about a retreat. They just went on. said, if I do a retreat, we just, we just all go our separate ways and pray. You know, we pray for five hours, then we come back and eat, and we might talk to each other. It's like, whoa, she is serious. Wow. Yeah. So when she talked, it had this gravitas. It's like, wow, this is yeah. something it's amazing class. Yeah, I wrote her the. I wrote her a few months back. I just said, I "Gotta say, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, I I was quoting you today, and I cannot think of someone who's had a bigger impact in my life." And you know, she said. Oh, bless you. That came at just the right time, you oh. know, <laughs> getting your email, you know. That's nice. Yeah.
1: But now I, I kind of see what, why we were, when we were having that conversation about Hebrew, having the, the homonym between friend and shepherd and the mm-hmm. Lord is my shepherd. And then mm-hmm. having what's being played on here with God being the good shepherd and that, and then moving that to friendship and wondering how much that could be playing with a, a homonym in Hebrew that we're going to miss that they might pick up
0: on. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a great question. It,
0: I think friendship is developed more in the Hellenistic w- world, but well, you might have this overlap in in translation yeah. when you're getting You've got yeah. to Septuagint. of, some it's interesting to think about. Some people have studied some of the word choices is mm-hmm. because of the culture has changed. Mm-hmm. So that that's an appropriate in change of that Hebrew word that sort makes a sense dynamic in that culture. Sense of yeah, that. a little bit, yeah. a little yeah. bit yeah. of dynamic equivalence going on.
1: There's some great there, and this is another distraction. We've dug deep this week. Um, there was a uh, paper in the Psalms group I was supervising at the regional meeting last year, no, two years ago, um, where a woman was looking at the translation choices of the Septuagint, mm. and, and, she was, and her theory was that these, these choices were made to preserve um, artistic or poetic elements of the Hebrew rather than to be overly literal.
0: Oh, and that that
1: some of some obscure Greek words that were being used to preserve a little bit of of -hmm. of, uh, alliteration,
0: A (laughs) a little
1: alliteration. Or um, a, a relationship between like birds and nests, mm-hmm. and it was, and that would work. Even though what exactly the word that you'd normally use for branch, it, it works there, and so it was picking up on the real art that was. Yeah, going that's into an, that, art. That that is an art. That translation of the Septuagint, which we right. normally, you know, I think people so often read translation as code breaking, mm-hmm. and, and think you know A equals B. I'll make an A, a B, but mm-hmm. to see. That artistry going into
0: and, and some and, and really, really gifted people can do it not at the expense of the meaning. Right. It's right. Like, to
1: do the meaning and the art. You know, I always tell folks a good translator has the soul of a poet because mm-hmm. you've got to be able to convey that meaning and convey that art mm-hmm. in a way that, that yeah know, is preserving both. Yeah.
0: Um, my my wife's a poet and uh we have a lot of poetry in our house and and so a lot of it some of it's translated, you know. Yeah. Famous poetry is like, this is written in Spanish. But I'm reading this is amazing in English in yeah. this translation. Really you know? preserved it well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a, the audacious invitation of John to uh, invite us into that relationship. As friends. Yeah. As friends. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah, he's he's just embodied something about servanthood and turned it upside down. He's using symbols. Uh, he's using a symbol to talk about the cross, mm-hmm. whereas we use, whereas the other Gospels use bread and wine. Mm hmm here's another symbol we're going to yeah. use. He doesn't talk about the meal, talks about this symbol. If you really want to understand what's going to happen the next day, yeah. right. then I'm going to give you a symbol to understand it. And so he talks. so it's a, it's a kind of a reversal of, of servanthood, but is unpacking. It It's like, it's not really, it's, it's not a really reversed. a reversal. It's a new status. Yeah. And, and so I'm inviting you into this, uh, status of friendship. And, uh, when he's, uh, in the garden, when he talks to Mary, the, uh, the uh, I don't know, not the first witness, but the zero witness of yeah, Jesus' resurrection, proto witness, yeah, the er witness, oh, <laughs> as the Greek, my, as the Germans would say. I'm going to uh, my father and your father. Right, he never said that before. Okay, and, and he talks things. Things he talked to them differently mm-hmm. about this new relationship they had. So, mm. yeah, interesting stuff. Revelation five, it's, it's all well, there, and that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: poor John, and and that sense of of. You know, I'm reversing flipping master servant and then saying, No, I'm not flipping master servant. I'm showing you friendship in such a way that it's self-emptying, that it's yeah. it's a it's a a friendship that serves and lays down. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's a it's a mm-hmm. friendship that, yeah. that that's what we're talking about. Right. It's an egalitarian mm-hmm. relationship yeah. where mm-hmm. it's it's so equal you're putting other people ahead of you. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that's how equal right. you yes. are <laughs> yeah. And people understand that no greater love than this yeah. to lay down one's life for one's friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So you think about your children you know you think about the one thing like no you wouldn't hesitate to jump right. in front of that bus it's not because you're serving them it's, right it's a love thing right so um like we we're saying you know you figure out that love thing and then we can move on then oh, we'll I'm move just gonna on keep talking about i'm gonna keep love saying thing. love one another yeah. and as soon as you figure it out yeah. we'll move on to something mm-hmm. else yeah
1: yeah that's great yeah well that's the you love one others i've loved you and in the next chapter we find out exactly what that means right mm-hmm. I mean, the next day yeah a, yeah well, thanks so much for listening thanks. this week. Hope that you have had a, a good week, and uh, we will we'll keep on going through Easter. I think a couple more weeks, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so. so. Make sure and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Buy some merch on Zazzle. <laughs> and, uh, that's all I noticed. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Michael can. Buy that some stuff.
0: More. Yeah, I'll make some. If you got a request, I can I can slap that logo on anything on Zazzle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: looking forward to that in a meaningful christian sort of fashion yeah right the way jesus would yeah yeah a friend friendship kind of way Uh so yeah
0: yeah Yeah. we'll give you our friendship discount (laughs) 10 percent maybe 50 percent oh wow well have a great week have a great week blessings be victorious (laughs) we can say that right
1: yeah i think so